Thank you, Chart. That was a lack of prayer. I'm not like Hannes. I don't pray for myself. <laughs> I'm joking. Awesome, guys. I think, I think we've got like 10 minutes of electricity left, eh? So I came prepared. Check. So I was thinking, what if I like say scripture and I'm like, um, Josh, Aiden, you know? No, I'm just joking. That would suck. Anyway, so I'm prepared for when the electricity goes out. I've also brought a little speaker, just in case, not to preach off of, but I'll do something a little bit different later. Um, but I was just thinking last week uh, when I was praying about today, I was thinking, what, what would be awesome to preach on? You know, not like the rapture or something rad like that, but something relevant, you know? And God was super clear, he gave me the word rest. And I'm sure to all of you, it's like, ooh, rest. <laughs> Yummy. It's like honey. It's sweet. And um, it's quite cool because this whole week I've kind of just been studying the word rest. And in the back of my Bible there's um, like a, a list of words. And then it gives you all the references in the scriptures. And I just started there. And the amount I've learned just from going through the, where the word rest is used throughout the whole Bible is incredible. And um, leading up to this week, I for some reason have been so much. And I mean, there's no reason for that to be because like I sleep get my like eight hours or sometimes nine, you know, like seven. <laughs> you all check Mike and Hannes are like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to enjoy it for a while. Bro. Sorry to say that in front of you guys. Um, but I've, I have my coffee late in the morning, so I don't crash later. You know, I've got my eight hours and all that. For some reason, I was just like so tired. But the weirdest thing is that this week I've been studying the word rest in such a simple way, like not going into deep theology or something, just reading scripture, and I feel so rested. It's, it's very weird. So I encourage you guys, go, go look up rest. It, it works. Um, but I thought it would probably be best just to start in the beginning where um, we see rest happen for the first time, and that's in Genesis 2 verse 2. And um, we see uh, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And um, I was thinking, God, do, do you guys think God actually gets tired? Because he's God. So he probably doesn't really get tired, does he? So why would he, what, sorry? Tired of us. Yes, good one, Shannon. So if he doesn't get tired, why on earth would he rest? And basically it boils down to him setting an example for us. We weren't even, I don't think we were created yet, actually. And um, he still took a rest. And out of the seven days of creation, I mean, that's only seven. It's very little. He used one full day to rest. And so I believe that he was modeling something to us. And as a church, we know that we're driven by not like vision and direction and all that stuff. We're driven by values. We believe in values. And rest is definitely a value of ours. Um, Amen. amen. (laughs) And then we move on to Exodus 31 verse 15, where the Sabbath day is uh, put in place. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day a Sabbath is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does not, whoever does any work, sorry, on the Sabbath day must be put to death. So who thinks who thinks resting is like serious? No one thinks rest is serious. Oh, cheap. So rest is serious, guys. People died. Okay. Um, and then we move on. So I'm just I'm just painting a little picture for you guys. All right. It's just just what God thinks about rest and just the beginning. All right. Uh, we move on to Leviticus 25, uh, verse, verse 4. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a Sabbath of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vi- vineyards. The vineyards or vineyards? So I'm from KZM, we won't get those there. Um, 
But God even shows the Israelites how to take care of their land. You must actually not farm for a whole year. Can you imagine how scary that must be? Like your bread and butter, like leave it for a whole year. And it even says that the poor can go and like grab some of the little bits and pieces to eat. Um, but the Sabbath was so serious to God. Um, in fact, the, the, the Israelites took it so seriously that you weren't even allowed to spit into the ground. Because they were so, um, they knew that it was so holy. So can you imagine like walking around and like you've got like a big... And you look at the, the Pharisees like... Yeah. <laughs> you can't spit on, on every Saturday or whatever. That would be terrible. Anyway, so I thought of that. It was quite funny. Um, yeah. So with the, with, the, with the farming, that then you give that whole year of rest. Um, it's quite cool. I just did some like scientific research and very scientific. And um, listen to this. So when you leave your, your field to rest for a year, the primary soil minerals dissemble into ionic forms of plant-available nutrients. That's legit, eh? So <laughs> that one is not really re- relevant. I just wanted to throw it in there. But what happens is the water and the nutrition retention is boosted. So if you compare, if you, if you relate that to us, when we rest, there's something of our, our ability to retain water from the Lord is increased, right? And the way that God gives us nutrients, when we come back, it's almost like we have capacity to absorb even more. Um, it reduces the disease and the pests in the field. It's healthy for us. And then the best part that I found, um, and this is purely scientific stuff. It's not like scripture websites or anything. It says it increases the crop yield and harvest in the future. So if you think of us as a church, as we rest, as each and, you, each and every one of you individually rest, you're actually helping us as a church increase, increase our crop harvest in the future. And that's instruction from God to the Israelites. Eh? Um, all right, so... What happens if a field doesn't rest? I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the, the American Dust Bowl. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It is probably one of, I checked out photos. It is so hectic. I thought we wouldn't have power, so I didn't get any photos for you guys. Sorry. But go check it out. It was in 1930 where the Americans um, farmed, and they have these big lands, and they just kept farming and farming and farming. Eventually, it turned into a dust bowl with zero nutrients and zero water. And isn't that like us? If we don't rest we will literally become like an American dust bowl where we've got zero water and zero nutrients. So if you think that you can't afford to rest, um, you can't not rest. You can't afford not to rest because if you don't, you, you literally will dry up. And um, I want to encourage you guys, in this holiday, don't become an American dust bowl. All right. We don't want that here. Like big sandstorms and stuff. All right, so this is just a, a brief little picture from the, the Old Testament um, that God spoke to me about, which is very cool. And then we, we move on to um, more the center of the message. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm going to carry on. So the best part about the message, okay. We're going <laughs> to, was that Judah? Oh, no, sorry. So we move to um, Jesus, a man that came and changed it all for us. All right. Um, He completely transformed the way we look at rest, the way we do rest, and everything. This is beautiful. So um, you know the story about Jesus walking with his disciples through the fields, and his disciples, so 
they started grabbing some millies. Or was it wheat's not millies, eh? So wheat. Sorry. And um, what's wheat in Afrikaans? Korang. And they were rolling the, the korang and they were chowing it. And um, the Pharisees ridiculed Jesus and the disciples and said they are doing an unholy thing on a holy day. And Jesus um, came and he just said something that transformed everything. And I'll just take into account how um, important and holy the Sabbath was to God. People were killed the Sabbath year. Like people would die as a penalty if you, if you did not rest because it is a holy thing set in place by God and you're disobeying God. And disobedience to him is, is, is not good, right? So Jesus then goes and says in Matthew 12 verse 8, it's a very short scripture, but transforms everything. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And can you imagine the Pharisees now, all their generations before them were the ones putting in place the Sabbath and making sure everybody obeyed it and they were keeping it religiously. And then here comes this guy busy picking wheat on the Sabbath with his friends and he says, no, I'm Lord of the Sabbath actually. So I'm going to summa chama makurin. So Jesus completely changed everything with that, with that statement, that he is actually Lord of our rest. And I think that's the core of my message. If you guys can take anything away today is that Jesus must be the core of your rest. He must be the Lord of your Sabbath. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, he must be Lord of your rest. It's not going to be found in holiday or in a barrel that Irlands buy or up Vescus. I mean, that, you can find cool things in barrels, but... <laughs> It's not going to be found there, Mike. It's going to be found in Jesus. Okay, but I'll touch, I'll touch on the Vesca stuff later. Don't worry. It is important, I promise. So Jesus changed everything for us, guys. He, um, he clearly is the Lord of rest. The fact that he can sleep in a boat, like they're all about to die in a storm. He really knows how to rest in a storm, you know. And then he, he continues to change it even more for us. This is actually the, the scriptures just before the one I read, but... It goes better afterwards. It's Matthew 11, verse 28. And we've heard this a lot this year. I think we've heard it a a, a heck load this year, which is quite cool. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Um, And it carries on, I think. Sorry, Brew. It does carry on, Josh. Sorry. That's my bad. I told him it was just one scripture. Sorry, Josh. So come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And straight after this happens, uh, after he says this, he says that he is Lord of the Sabbath. And so he's just setting it all in place for us, guys. We don't have to wait for the seventh day or, or leave a year or anything like that. We literally just have to go to Jesus. Um, have you got it? Um, to verse 30, yeah. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And um, that part there, and you will find rest for your souls, is so beautiful because here Lord is, the Lord has completely changed it for us, guys. Like for, for a believer and follower of Jesus, the best part is entering his rest. Because entering his rest is, is entered through faith. We get saved, we get baptized, getting baptized, and the best part is we get to enter his rest. We get to find rest from this terrible world that is full of things that entangle us and stresses and all these things. But we can find rest in God, and he gives us rest for our souls. And 
when we look at that, it gives us rest for our souls. So Jesus gives us like a sort of spiritual rest, I would say. He can give us physical rest and emotional rest as well. But I was chatting with Mike the other day, and he was just saying like some of the most important rest, I would say, is emotional, spiritual, and physical. And it's almost like they all go together because if you're physically exhausted, I mean, I don't know how you're going to listen to anybody in church. You know, you're going to be passed out. You know, or if you emotionally exhort it, it's, it's difficult to listen or to hear God because you've got this stuff clouding your mind and you, you're so anxious. And um, so Jesus is there for our spiritual rest. And this is where I can touch on the Vesca stuff and, and holiday. Because holiday is important because, Jesus, yes, Jesus gives us spiritual rest. But if we don't go somewhere and, and get away from, from our busy lives, then how are we going to find that rest in the same place every single time? It's not going to work if you're always in the same lounge or in the same bedroom. You need, to, you need to change things up a little bit. Sometimes when Mike needs to hear the Lord, he goes up the West Coast, and he, and he goes and he prays there. Why? That's his excuse. Meanwhile, he's just getting barreled. <laughs> but why? It's because some, there's something about the West Coast that brings him an emotional and physical rest. And in that place, he finds Jesus and he gets spiritual rest. And can you guys see how it's all connected? All right, so just before I go into something fun, one more thing I want to unpack is um, Hebrews 4, verse 6 to 9. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. So don't worry about that. That is just referring to the Israelites when they traveled through the desert. And um, it was because of their unbelief that they couldn't enter into God's rest. All right? um, the best part is it says it still remains that some will enter that rest. But if we carry on at verse 7, Therefore God again set a certain day. This is the best part. Calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as, said, as was said before, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus has completely transformed rest for us, that we can find it in him alone, and not in this world anymore, and not have to wait seven days to rest, or wait every seven years to take a break from farming. But he, he, he called it today. And I was wondering why it said that, and I, and, I, and I read up a little bit about it, and it says that don't wait for tomorrow. Wait for today, because today is your day to find rest. Today is your day to find peace with God. We don't need to wait every seven days. Obviously, God has set a principle for us to rest every seven days, so that doesn't get scratched out. That's a value of us. But it's so beautiful that it's, it's so different for us now, that we have today to find rest in God. We don't have to wait or work for it. And so I found that beautiful. Um, and if you don't know God, that scripture right there is saying, if you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Don't turn away from him. Listen to him. Dig into him. Let him give you rest for your soul. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I can honestly testify, like in my life, I didn't know how, I found rest in so many different things. And I had to keep going to those different things. And then I still wasn't rested. You know, barrels and parties and all those things. Barrels are good. But there is something so special about coming to know Jesus and finding rest in Him on the day you find Him. It's beautiful. And my life has been transformed ever since. Um, and there is one thing I do want to do quickly. 
I've been uh, chatting to a lot of wise people in the church about how they find rest. And I'm going to quickly play you guys some sounds. And I want you guys to listen. I'm going to try to play it over the mic quickly before the electricity goes out. But I want you guys to listen to these sounds quickly, all right? And let, let me know if uh, this, this first one, I think, it will definitely apply to all of us. I think if we hear this, we all think, oh, bed and coffee. All right, definitely Karen. Okay, so she's, she's the wise lady that I asked. Here we go. You ready? Can you guys hear what that is? What is it? Rain and thunder. Hey? Isn't that lacquer? Oh, really? <laughs> it sounds like a TV that's off, eh? Sorry. Okay, well, it is majestic rain and thunder, all right. And in case it where I come from, we get like crazy thunderstorms like every three days, and you just chill and watch it and take it. And there's something cool, because like emotionally, you just don't think about stuff. Or like physically, you're laying down and you're enjoying it. And Karen always, like as soon as you hear rain and thunder here, she just disappears because she goes to a window. Takes her phone out, videos for like half an hour for that little. <laughs> it's the best. And so I asked Karen, like, do you find rest in that? You know, and she says there's something about reminding her of God and, and even bringing a fear of God into her life again, of the, the power, you know, of it. Um, here's another one for you. Hopefully, this one you can hear it a little bit better. This one. So give it a second. So this is a wise man in the church. Sounds like a... You guys hear it? What is it? It's the Buschfeld. So I asked uh, Mike Feet. Because he, he often has just gone for two weeks and he comes back looking like all like, you know, beard and rugged and feels like on fire again. Because he goes to the bush. And there's something about, and I love that as well, there's something about him finding God and finding rest in the bush. And he just said there's something about just sitting there or just walking through the bush and you're just listening to the sounds. And it's not the bush that gives him, it's not like, there's no like energy in the bush that gives him rest or something, you know. But there's something about a, an emotional, physical rest he experiences when he goes to his escape, his place, and when he's hunting. Actually, I was trying to look for a bushveld sound with like a sudden bang. like a <laughs> He finds peace in that, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a sport. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That he can go to a place that truly gives him rest. And it's not, like I said, it's not the physical place. For many of us, we've got so many different things. Like Mike Davies, he says when he used to run, it was like the best. Running gives him peace. Or give him a free afternoon and a good book. He's like the happiest man on the planet. You know, but it's not the book that gives him the rest. It's the, the preparing himself to receive rest for his soul from, from Jesus. And there's something special about that. Here's another one. So I asked another wise man. I won't mention any names. You might just figure it out. Um... How do you find rest? And you just said three months on Hawaii, bro. <laughs> Wait, and I'm going to play this thing quickly. Who would give, this would give everybody rest, I think. Sound of the ocean. <laughs> three months on Hawaii. Sound of the ocean. 
It's all on the floor now. <laughs> so who, who would find rest in that place? I think, yeah. I think many of us. There's been times when Nate plays a song in the uki and I was just going. <laughs> and it's not Hawaii. It's not the, I mean, when they came back from Hawaii, they were so tired. I could see it in their face. You know, physically they were drained. But emotionally and spiritually, it's like these guys were well rested. The physical part was what they had to push through in 412. I was watching them. Like, Nate, you want coffee? He's like, yes. <laughs> but spiritually, there's something, I mean, the history that Ivan has with Hawaii, he spent many years there, he has fun there, and there's something of, of him being at peace there because he's doing what he enjoys. He's filming, he's foiling with his boy, and, and somehow God gives him rest for his soul in that place. But I think the core of my message is, is not to find rest in the things we do this holiday. As a church, we're all going away. Some of us are staying at home. But don't find rest in a movie on Netflix. It's not going to give you rest. Don't look for rest in a barrel. I'm sorry, guys. Just don't look for rest in that place. Don't look for rest in the bush or in the book. But know that your rest comes from one person, and that's Jesus. And he said it in the Scriptures. He said, he's Lord of the Sabbath, and, we, and he says, come to me. All of us, we must go to him. And it's the end of the year, guys. Like we all, we're all pretty broken and tired and everything. So don't go to the things that you're familiar with. Go to the Lord. Make him your familiar place. And, and just have, have faith that as you go to West Coast or as you go to KZN or wherever you're going, as you stay at home even, um, make sure that you guys have faith that God's going to give rest for, your, for your, your souls. And that the physical and the emotional rest, put yourself in a place where you know you're going to have fun. It's about having fun as well. We're not a defeated people. You know, after a long, hectic year, we're not going to drag our feet. We, we have got a God that gives us rest. And even if you can't find a peaceful place, like he'll, he'll somehow give you physical and emotional rest supernaturally if he wants to. So it's limitless with God. We can, we can find rest in many places. But I think the core of the message is that rest is very important to God. We see that he, was set, he set that before us right in the beginning. He took rest. It's very important. It's very holy to him, actually. And um, rest could only... Sorry. I need to slow things down. I sometimes just get too many thoughts in my head. But rest can sometimes be like tithing. Because most people just say, no, I can't afford to tithe. But can you afford not to tithe? Because what comes with tithing comes... The blessing of God comes with tithing. The blessing of the church. So rest is much the same. If you don't give back to God from, from your time, if you don't tithe your time back to God, then what's going to happen? You're going to actually become an American Dust Bowl one day. So just like the field gets more crop in the future, that is why we need to rest. So we can have more harvest in the future as a church. Now, do you want to, do you want to finish with this? Um, just wanted to read some psalms to you guys quickly. And I've, I've told you guys I've looked at some wise men and wise ladies in this church, how they find rest. But then if you look at David and the psalms, he's probably like the best example we have because the poor dude had like the roughest life ever. So I'm struggling with my Bible. Remember that saying, a dirty Bible, clean Christian? <laughs> so if you get a new Bible, quickly, like ruffle up. And <laughs> sweat. 
It needs two hands. Oh, thank you, my darling. Okay. That's the wrong book. It's Christmas. I don't need your Bible. Where's Psalms? Oh, I put the notes at the bottom. There they are. Okay, all right. Here's the first one. Psalms, thanks, my love, I've got it from you. Psalm 16, verse 9 to 10. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Um, I'll stop there at 10. So this is David. Um, in a place where he was hiding in caves, like the dude didn't have a meal every day. He was literally on death row. Yet his soul rests secure in the Lord because he knew the one that he had to go to. So emotionally, I think David wasn't very stable. You can see it in the Psalms. Like it's like way up and down. So maybe he needed a little holiday, but <laughs> physically he probably didn't rest so lacquer. But there were times where he was in the same cave as the king that was trying to kill him. And he couldn't sleep. So where did he find his rest? He turned to the Lord every time. After all, he was a man after God's heart. Then Psalm 62 verse 1. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. 